Tweet Talk, episode 26. It's lit. Yep, yep, yep. It's lit. It's December. Christmas fast approaching. And like you said, in 2020, let's stop equating white with wealth. You always pick the most interesting ones. Um, yeah, every it, it's it's self defeating. We always people always put it out there. They always, and I don't know why people do it, but I mean, they always say like, oh, you know, the white people this, the white people that, or oh, the rich people this, and they always just like assume that white people equals money. And my my, my problem with that, one of the problems is, you are subconsciously programming yourself to think the black equals not having money um, when that's not necessarily the case and then you're also kind of affirming them and putting them in position to kind of feel as though like oh because I'm white I'm entitled to these things and so that kind of becomes a fulfilling prophecy um, my problem with that is I was listening I was uh so I had a friend, he posted something on Instagram. He was talking about how this, the idea that the white man's ice is colder. And the guy, he was selling ice. He went to his congregation because he was a pastor also. And he asked him, he said, well, why do you guys think his ice is colder? And they said, the word on the street is that it is. And so what I realized is your words dictate value. Everything in life is based on what people think, what they say, what they feel not about what really is. And so if we speak these things into existence, we're going to get that. If we say we ain't shit, ain't ever going to have shit. If we're in words and B words, like before they used to do it to us. Now we do it to us. It doesn't matter who does it. All that matters is, is it's being done. And so your words create value. When you're a wholesaler, you're going to that, to that seller. You're saying, dang, that's an expensive roof. Dang, that's an expensive uh, repair job on the pipes, electricity is going to cost us so much money to get that down. They're pushing the price down by telling you all these negative things about it. Um, and so that's kind of what we do. We push our price down with our words. We're not actually valueless. We're not actually worthless, but we do it with our words. And so we got to stop equating them with greatness and us with not being great. We got to stop that because we don't realize like, I want great things and we want great things, but we can't keep saying, white is wealth and white is rich and they got all the money and blah, 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 and expect anything different. We're going to keep getting what we've always been getting. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you were saying something along the lines of uh, perception is reality. 100%. 100%. Um, I, I can't, I remember um, we talked about last week when Xavier was on the show and he said that if you, if you think you can, you likely will. If you think you can't, you likely won't. And so what I take that as is like, for me, I always find a way because I think there's a way. Whereas if there's people who, who they think that it's their destiny to lose, they're going to continue to find a way to lose and they're going to blame everything else but their mindset. Right. And... I saw a tweet before that you said the same circumstances you are complaining about are an opportunity. 100%. Um, I mean, we talked about it last week. We were talking about how um, we were talking about how um, 
where one community sees rain, another community sees an opportunity to sell umbrellas. And we have so many different situations in the African-American community that aren't beneficial, that are actually just opportunities. I saw somebody post something about a pharmacy desert. And they said that like in certain communities, there's like no pharmacies. And I was like, damn, that sounds like an opportunity to me. Um, and so we got we to gotta flip our perception from problems to opportunity. And if we do that, I think we'll start looking at life a lot better as opposed to looking at life defeated. I haven't heard that one before, a pharmacy desert. That's interesting. Yeah, me either. <laughs> but you also said problems aren't your problems. Income is your problem. Get your Man, money up and watch those problems disappear. I don't know what I was referencing when I said this. You know what? I, I know exactly what I was referencing when I was talking to this. I was talking to the barber. He keeps coming to me with these little $500 problems, $600 problems. He's like, oh, man, this has to get fixed. Oh, man, this has to get fixed. And I'm like, bro, if the shop was running seven days a week, we wouldn't have any problems because it's nothing to kick out 1500 bucks to fix a little thing if you're making 10 grand a month. And the shop should be making 10 grand a month. I did the math with him. I'm like, bro, if you can cut for 10 hours a day at $20 per hour, with two barbers in the chair, that should get us to 10 grand. In actuality, they should be doing more than, uh, more than $20 an hour. They should be doing at least $40, $50 an hour. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I was like, I need you to focus on bringing in money. All that extra stuff will take care of itself. If we're bringing in money, we can upgrade this truck. We're letting the truck get away, get in the way of us bringing in money. When that's like, I don't need the truck to drive a million miles a year like it's a semi. I need the truck to drive 10 miles a week. That's it. You need to go from this parking lot to that parking lot. That's all you got to do. And so I was trying to explain to him. And, you know, with tenants, my biggest frustration is they're always trying to get over. They don't see the bigger picture. They're always trying to, like, crumb snatch and get a little, like, kind of get over. And so, like, for him, his thing is, like, I don't want to pay the rent. I want to cut here. I don't want to pay the rent. And I want to always find an issue with this truck to avoid having to pay rent. So for the first three months, he kind of was successful in doing that. Oh, it's a stair. Oh, it's the AC. Oh, it's the engine. Oh, it's the alternator. Oh, it's the shifting column. Like it was always an issue. Every single month it's an issue. And at first I kind of was upset, but I realized like bigger picture stuff is we're long distance. So for me to send a mechanic out there to fix everything, is going to cost us time because it's going to sit there not being used. It's going to cost us money because he has to go on site. It's going to toss us the labor, the parts. Fixing a, a vehicle is not cheap. And so the offset, this guy's pretty handy. He can do all the work himself. He replaced the alternator. He, re- he replaced the steering column. And so I was like, you know, we already agreed to having this kind of rent of 500 bucks per month. It'll just be a wash. So I told him January 1st, we're, we're doing what we got to do. So I've seen the pictures and it looks good. Like what he's created is, I mean, he's, it looks really nice in there. The lights look good. Everything's looking real functional. And so I'm telling him like, you need to be cutting out of that thing all the time. He actually shut down this physical site that he was using. And I was cutting in our shop 100% of the time. So my shop should be churning every single day, every single day it has to be running. And that's just going to bring us more money. But there's people who, are self-employed and there's people who are business owners 
he is self-employed. I'm a business owner. Therefore, I look at it a lot differently. He's looking at how much money he can make. I'm looking at how much money the business can make. It's two different things. And so that's why he doesn't see like, oh, uh, we can't use the second chair because he's not looking at how much money he can make off of the second chair just by having somebody cutting hair passively. He's looking at how much money he can bring in because he's, an, he's a business person with an employee mindset. So that's kind of where I was going with that. And you've uh, actually physically gone there recently, right? I went there about three months ago. Oh, three months ago. All right. Well, it's up and running now anyway. Yeah, it's, it's come a long way, man. I mean, we already knew we're taking over something from somebody. They're likely selling because there's problems. Likely selling problems that they couldn't fix themselves. And so having somebody do all that stuff could have cost us so much money, man. So if, if it's a wash, we lose three months. I told Lamontre, I was like, faith and patience. He kept wanting to cut, uh, pull the plug on the guy. He's like, nah, we got to get him out of there. We got to get somebody else in there. And I was like, you know, let's just let it work out and it'll come to fruition. And it has come to fruition. And I think that we'll be in good shape starting January 1. Well, that's, that's good when you, when you don't have to, uh, you're not desperate for the money. You don't, right. you don't need money like day one to right. eat. Right, 100%. And one of the things, and that, that having rental properties helps that. Having consistent cash flow coming in helps you make intelligent business moves. I mean, if you're starving for money, like we need this money ASAP, you could, we, could, we could step into something where we pull, we pull the, the truck from him and then he damages it. He like pulls all his stuff out there and then we get left with some shit, which I was trying to avoid. I did not want to have a truck that he had ruined. I didn't want those problems. So I was kind of trying to keep the peace there. Um, and it just kind of make the, the, the relationship make sense. Our goal is to build up more sites. These people love that truck. They're like, oh man, a mobile barbershop. This is so cool. Blah, blah, blah. It comes to uh -huh. you. It cuts your hair. They love it. Um, and and it it's... I don't know. I was talking to somebody. I was like, it actually makes sense to have a mobile barbershop because imagine if we would have got some real estate, oh, built out the barbershop, the real estate would have cost us like a hundred grand. And then you only have one place that you can have that barbershop. We could take our barbershop wherever we want to take it. We decide we want to take it to um, Morehouse. We take it to Morehouse. We decide we want to take it to the club. We take it to the club. You can't do that with a yeah. physical barbershop. We have hacked it. We are the Uber of barbershops right now. All right, right, right. You can go pop up on festivals or whatever. Yes. We'll be right back. All right, so you said there's a reason other communities don't let rappers and entertainers speak on behalf of the community. And it's because that's not their lane. Leave decision-making to the educated and informed. We, it's a problem when LeBron James is a spokesperson for the black community. It's a problem when Jay-Z is the spokesperson for the black community. I was, um, a long time ago, Boyce Watkins pointed out that like Barack Obama brought in a bunch of people to the White House, but it wasn't policymakers. It wasn't people who were moving and shaking. It was a bunch of rappers in the Oval Office and they were just meeting with Obama. And I don't know why we do this. I just know that we do do this, but if you look across the aisle, no other community does that. No other community is asking their athletes, their entertainers, what they think about foreign policy, what they think about race relations, what they think about any of that stuff, because it's not their lane. It's not your lane. So I just, I think that that has to change. And it's just something I'm realizing. Um, 
kind of in the wholesaler conversation that I've been having lately <laughs> is like a lot of wholesalers, like they're coming at me and they were talking crazy. Like, Oh, what are you talking about? And I was like, bro, like you guys, a lot of these wholesalers are not the most educated individuals. There's somebody who learned a wholesaling skill and now they're out there taking advantage of people and getting their property from them and then selling to people with big money. My problem with that is that they're selling out their community. My problem with that is they don't even know. They literally don't have the, I don't think they are, it's young dudes out there. Dudes like 17, 18, 19 out there getting a property under contract and then selling it to a flipper and the flipper goes and does what he does with it. And so my problem is that like these people, just because they're making money, they think that they know what's going to benefit them in the end. And I'm telling them like slave traders, they thought they were just making a buck. Like I'm getting paid, man. Look at me. I'm shining. I got the gold on. And you just sold out your whole community to a whole nother country. So my thing is like, I don't come from a place of ignorance. I come from a base place of of intelligence. And so if I'm telling you something, it has a lot of wisdom and foresight and forethought into it. I'm not just chasing a quick buck. We can't quit, keep just chasing a quick buck. We can't keep, keep just chasing the bag. Rappers, entertainers who sell you death destruction, sell you drug dealer movies, sell you thug movies, sell you uh, lean in the cup stuff. They're getting a bag too. They got chains and they're shining too. They got whips too. Getting the bag is not the solution and it should not be your goal all the time. Like getting money, that's how they take advantage of you is they create this fake money and they just like use that money to move people. They use that money to, to determine what they want things to happen. And so that's my problem is people just don't know enough about enough and they're out here doing ignorant stuff and they think that just because there's a bag attached to it that it's, 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 uh, it's righteous and it's not. Yeah, I think people were real confused about, especially about um, what you were trying to say about who the wholesalers are flipping the contract to, who they sell, who, who's the end buyer, the end buyer, and they didn't understand what what's the difference. So who who cares who buys it in the end? Well, yeah, a big part of the motivation behind that wholesalers are thieves is I realized that the company Blacker Pockets got stolen from me. And I realized how they stole it from me is they, first and foremost, it wasn't even their idea. I started the idea. I started the page. And then the person went and bought the domain to my company. And they're like, oh, oh well, I got, I got the domain. So it's my company. And then after that, they were just like causing a bunch of ruckus. It was a bunch of like commotion and arguments and disagreements over like bullshit. And I was like, I'm just trying to like start the company. And I realized they were kind of trying to create commotion I think to kind of push me out the person who ended up doing it is a wholesaler and i realized i was like i just got finessed i got wholesold out of my business <laughs> they stole my business and i mean that's i had some tweets about telling people like just because you can take a big business i mean you know how to how to rent it and grow it and i'm realizing like everybody doesn't know how to run and grow a business i particularly do and it is what it is, but that was another part of the motivation. I'm glad we could be transparent on Tweet Talks. I didn't know that part. They they bought the um the domain name. Yeah, never, it was real shady. It was real shady stuff. You never talked about that part. Yeah. You've been quiet on that for a long time. And you know, I don't really try to like 
I just be chilling, fam. Just trying to build up tight capital organs beholdings. I hear you. I think the whole thing with the um holding up the the rappers and entertainers as leaders, I guess it's because our community sees them as being what is the um what's considered successful in our community. Yeah. I think it's that, and also they have a platform. So LeBron James just happens to be the person on national television. These people just happen to be the people on radio stations. Now we can kind of create our own radio stations. Now we all have a platform through social media. So we don't have to depend on LeBron James to be that guy or Muhammad Ali or whomever. But, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, it, that, I mean that's, that's right. I, I can see that too where they're like, oh, well, you made it, you were successful, you're winning championships, you must know something. Right. Those are the ones getting the money, they think. Now, you mentioned Ogles Beholdings. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the new site, man. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, let people know. Um, it's, it's the, the original Tall Capital site is down still? Yeah, I don't know what happened to it, man. I was having some some I was having some fights, some trademark fights um, with the Bitcoin company. Apparently, they owned a picture that I posted on a blog, and so they were like calling me, harassing me. And so I'm thinking maybe they went and kind of got my site pulled down, kind of like how they took my Twitter. <laughs> so um, honestly, it kind of worked out because I need to transition into building a company for my last name and not building a company for my made-up name. And that company is Oglesby Holdings. And having a son actually made me realize that. It's like, bro, like, I want my son to kind of in like the day, in the words of Dame Dash. Like, I don't know if you people people know this, but I listen to the greats and actually do what they tell me to do. <laughs> I don't just listen uh -huh. to it, get motivated, tweet a bunch of stuff. Like, no, I do it. And he, he, he made that point. He was like, don't you think your son wants to, like, see his name up there? And I was like, I do want my son to see his name up there. So it's like Oglesby Holdings. Like, okay. And then I also realized, like, it was tough for my wife to get behind the company Ty Capital because she was like, oh, that's your company. That's your company. So it's like, I wanted to make Ty Capital or the business that is me that just happens to be manifested in the form of Ty Capital, something that she could attach herself to as well. So now it's like Nakia Oglesby. Okay, well, Oglesby Holding is a part of her as well. So as it grows, she grows. It's not just like some, some company that is out in the ethos that's mine exclusively. So it's like, you got to hustle for your last name, not for your first name. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what that is. And so I created a new site, making it more functional. I'm learning more about building out sites, being able to kind of incorporate a lot of things that I want to. And we'll upgrade it. I'll invest more into it because I'm finding the more you invest into your projects, the bigger they become. Um, and, and yeah, that's where we are, oglesbyholdings.co. Cool. And that's Oglesby, O-G-L-E-S-B-Y. Um, Holding. So you said, this is a good segue, we lose because we don't guide our children. They win because they don't give their kids the option to fail. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest blessings that I had is when I was in college, my mom picked my major. I didn't pick my major. My mom picked my major. My mom said, you're going to major in finance. And look at what we're doing now with that degree in finance. We've created a whole company around it. Um, people always talk about how kids graduate at 18 and they're expected to pick what they're going to do for the rest of their life. 
at 18 and then they sign up for a bunch of student loan debt and they don't know anything about themselves. Their brain hasn't fully functioned, all that stuff. The way you get around that is by relying on your parents. I always talk about how parents have to parent. Parents are not your friend. Parents are not your homie. Parents are not your BFF. It's their responsibility to guide you through life. And a lot of times you do that by making kids do what's best for them, not necessarily what they like or what they're passionate about. Because if you were 18, and that's why we have so many kids who they end up becoming rappers and athletes because it's fun, not because it's lucrative, not because the odds are great for them to be there, not because they're a top-ranked athlete. No, it's fun. It's fun to sit in a studio, drink and smoke, and talk on a rap record. It's fun to run around in circles and compete and win. And so we do it because it's fun. And Xavier's on this tip right now where it's like, you got to start doing what you hate and then you can get to the passion. And so that's one thing that I respect about a lot of immigrants. If you are an immigrant, you can do whatever you want after you do what you're supposed to do. Um, and so I have a friend, he's Nigerian, he's a rapper now, but he's also a banker with the NBA. Um, I know people out there, like, they go to school, they get the degree, they get established in their professions, and then they circle back. So it's like, for me, it's, it's, it's just the way it should be done. And kids who listen to their parents go far. And that's why we see it. Like, Asians are out there winning. Nigerians are out there winning. Caucasians are out there winning. And it's not because they're special. It's because their culture is just different, which means their mindset and how they're raised is different. And so it's like, it's up to us to do the same. A lot of us, it's 18, good luck. And then they go out there and they falter and they lose and they go to jail. They do all these different, really ignorant things, have kids. And like, if they had guidance, if they had people coaching them through the process, they'd be a lot, a lot better off when they're 20, 21, 25, all that good stuff. So I just say, like, for me, I always tell kids, like, they always say, like, well, how'd you, how'd you turn out the way you turned out? Like, I listened to my parents. I listened mm. to my parents. That's all, I, that's all I did. They said, do this. That's what I did. My mom, I never forget. I was 18, maybe 18, and I got in accepted into college, and it, it was time to go to um, orientation, summer orientation. My mom came in there. She said, hey, it's time to go. I'm going to drive you up there because um, you couldn't have your car. And so um, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm going to just go to JC. I'm good because I was introverted. I didn't like doing stuff like that. And she's like, nah, let's go. And so I got in the car and I went up there and I spent like a weekend doing the whole college thing. Like you stay at night in the dorm. You see all the people out there, all the girls. You do all these different things. You're touring the campus and stuff, doing activities. And I was like, I can't wait to come back to college. I was like, this is too fun. And so if I was left to my own devices, I would have been a fuck up. And that's what happens to a lot of people. There's, they're left to their own devices. And at 18, you don't know shit. That's always tell people, like, I don't pay attention to my peers because they don't know what's coming ahead of them. Your parents have already seen what 18 looks like. Your parents has already seen what happens when you do certain things at 18 because they've seen how their friends have turned out. They've seen how um, other kids have turned out. And so you don't have the wisdom and the foresight that your parents do. So you got to rely on them to guide you through it. And we got to be those that source to our kids. Yeah, I believe that for sure. Um, I think on the flip side too, um, like you say they have more foresight and wisdom. Like for instance, like my mother, I think she didn't she didn't finish high school. I'm pretty sure she didn't finish high school. So I think she may she she may have felt a little inadequate. She didn't feel like she could offer me uh, the right type of wisdom and guidance. So she didn't give it to me. 
It was just like, oh, he's a smart, he's a smart kid. He's gonna figure it out. So she didn't, she didn't guide me. She didn't tell me what to do. And I think that definitely hurt me. I think in that case, bad advice would have been better than no advice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, like sometimes you say, sometimes you talk about how you don't give the the normal investment advice, like, you know, buy index funds and just wait 30 years, but that's better than, than no advice at all. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I think some of us need to know that even though we didn't figure it all out, that we're not perfect, we still need to guide our kids. Yeah, 100%. You know, at least tell them, oh, go to, well, go to school, buy a house. That's better than just not telling them anything. Yeah. You know, but um, let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatterstees.com. Last week, we're here. The winner isn't the person tapped to win. The winner is the person who takes the right amount of action to win. Man, I must have been going through some stuff this week. <laughs> because... Um, I always tell people it doesn't matter how big the giant is in front of you. It doesn't matter if that's that giant is Amazon. It doesn't matter if that giant is the local grocery store that you don't think you can compete with. It doesn't matter if that giant is a big law firms, whatever. I want people to realize like, if you do the work, if you tap into, to, to take an action and put in points on the board you can compete with the bigs and it comes down to like, are you executing? Are you putting out content? Are you, um, are you out there? I mean, for example, it's like you have Chris Johnson. Like he could say, oh, well, Amazon exists and they sell watches, so I can't make money selling watches. Like, no, like you can get out there, you can sell your watches too. It's like Netflix. Netflix took out the cable companies. And so really what I'm doing is I'm inspiring people or trying to inspire people to realize like, don't quit before you even get started just because somebody else has been deemed the LeBron James of your era. If that was the case, Steph Curry would not exist. If that was the case, Amazon would not exist because they would have said, oh, well, Walmart's there. If that was the case, we wouldn't have any of these things that we have. It's kind of like that meme that says something about, like, if you go to the bread aisle, there's a whole bunch of bread uh, companies in there and they're all making money. And so I want us all to own a business. Like, I don't want any of us to not own a business. If we do it intelligently and we don't just have a, a million watch companies, um, then I think that we can thrive and we can win. So it's, that's kind of where I, where I am with that. Um, I just, I look at like Thai Capital as I kind of stepped away from Blacker Pockets. I'm like, damn, they got a lot of followers. But my style of posting is what got those followers. The name plus my, my style of posting. So if I can take that style of posting that ran up the numbers on Blacker Pockets and apply that to my business, a nameless, faceless brand, I can run up my numbers just like that. And so that's what I'm striving to do. If you noticed on Todd Capital, I'm trying to post more current events. I'm celebrating other people's success. 
I'm collaborating. I'm doing, I'm taking a lot of action. I'm posting a lot because now it's like, fuck them. I'm a very competitive person. I have a chip on my shoulder and I feel like it's my responsibility to compete and my responsibility to take the motherfuckers out. And I am. So that's just me. People, that's one of the things that I was going to tweet today is like, people don't realize like, it's not smart to get the wrong people mad at you. It's not smart to, to get the wrong people on your enemy list. Um, because I'm relentless. I'm a builder and I'm going to get it done. So I just, I kind of take that approach to me as I need to take more action. I got to reread the 10 X rule. I got to just go all in and overcommit. I feel like I had so many more other tweets that you didn't pull out. Yeah, we're making but it's it all, we are making it a quick one. Yeah. And speaking of being a builder, um, Let's talk about the uh, Black Man Building Wealth virtual conference real quick coming up in February. It's lit. You can you can um, you can get your tickets at Thai Capital or no OglesbyHoldings.co backslash Black Man Building Wealth Building Wealth Conference. So check that out. Uh, we've we have so many speakers. I know people see the flyer and they see nine speakers. It's probably about fifteen or twenty. Everybody who's anybody is speaking at this conference. Um, myself, Andre Hatchett, we got Julian Gordon. You guys might know him. He works with Dr. Boyce Watkins. He also works with, um, who else does Julian Gordon work with? I know he works with Dr. Boyce Watkins. Um, we also have, uh, the infamous CPA. We also have, um, who else do we have? Everybody's on there. We have, uh, uh, Byron Sellers, mobile home elite investors. We also have. Yeah, Xavier, Xavier Miller. Xavier is going to be speaking. Torrance Reed from HBCU Wall Street. Yep. We have uh, the brother who just got interviewed on the Bigger Pockets podcast and also the Black, uh, Black Real Estate Dialogue podcast. Everybody. I haven't got a chance to update this. We have Chris Senegal. I'm not sure if I said that. The guy who's doing the development out in Houston. So we're going to be adding people daily. It's going down. I might get Doug Depp to speak. And it's going to be one day, a just power pack, lecture after lecture after lecture after lecture. And you also will have access to the recording. So you can watch it live. You can watch the recording. It's going to be January or February 29th. It's going to be that Saturday from 10 in the morning until 6. And we're just going to do it. And we're going to move on to the next. And we're going to say, okay, what's next? But I didn't want to not do it. I didn't want to put it out there and kind of walk away because it's not perfect or it's not this or it's not that. It's never going to be perfect. But we're going to do it and we're going to bring value to the people. Tickets are $75 for the first 100. So after 100, it might go up to 150. The great thing is we're actually doing this for charity. So the goal really is to use this money to invest in black men-owned businesses. So I had this idea that after we do the conference, we're probably going to do a black man pitch competition where you can pitch your business and the winner gets the money that we raise from the conference. It's going to keep flipping it like that. Because when you change things for your people, you create wealth for your people. And that's what we're going to do. I got to tweet that. <laughs> yeah, tweet that. All right, man. So let's take this out. Uh, shout out to all the friends of the show. Sponsors, um, my mindset matters. Tees, friends of the show, Chris Johnson and Seventeenth Watches, Twenty Four Seven Watches, Erica Williams, uh, Terry Gioma at I'm an Investor, 
Hoda states, who am I forgetting? Um, uh, 24-7 watches. Also, Soul for Soul, iPad, uh, AirPod cases. Anybody black business. Also, check out gumroad.com backslash top capital. Check out oglesbeholdings.co. We got to add Raphael to the website as director of media or whatever you want your title to be. Whatever you want <laughs> to be. What do you want your title to be, man? Uh, maybe VP of uh, Todd Capital Media or something. All know. right. There we go. There we go. It's going down. And when you create something, you can put your people on and you can promote your own people. So I encourage you to do more creating, more promoting of other people, because that's just where we got to take this as a culture. I want everybody to own a business, not just us, everybody, whatever you can. If you want to sell mugs, if you want to sell flags, if you want to sell cigars, if you want to sell uh, watch cases, whatever, we got to sell something, find some product, as they say on the Tweet Talk show. We out. All right. Peace.